Hello everybody and welcome to this week's official Everton podcast. I'm Darren Griffiths and I'm at USM Finch Farm and I'm joined by our former academy director, Ray Hall. Welcome to USM Finch Farm, Ray. I always like when I'm in your company to go right back to the beginning and how you first started at Everton Football Club and how it's a little bit different to the setup we've got here at Finch Farm. So how did you come to join Everton in the first place? Uh, one evening at home I got a phone call from uh, Colin Harvey. Uh, Tuesday evening, I remember it. Uh, he said, Ray, there's been a few changes here. Howard's come in. Um, we'd like you to pop down and have a chat to us. So the conversation finished. Uh, I'm driving into Belfield the next morning and uh, go up to Howard's uh, room, knock on the door. Um, come in, lad. So I walked in. And Howard was sat there with a the towel around him, <laughs> and that's all. So here's me. So you knew like, it wasn't a formal interview. <laughs> here's me thinking that you know, and I, I've I've come for an interview that you know is going to change possibly my, my my life, and and I'm being interviewed by this gentleman who sat in a, a towel. Uh, he said, "Listen," he said, "we want to get back to kind of where we were four or five years ago. A number of the young players at uh, on Merseyside." or Evertonians are actually leaving and going to Liverpool. We want to try and change it around. Uh, and when I asked him kind of what the, the job entailed, I, I'll never forget, he kind of leant over the table, towel fell down, <laughs> and I, th I really thought he was going to hit me on the chin. <laughs> and he said something like, uh, and, I, and I can't give you the uh, the industrial language, yeah. obviously, but he said something like, I don't care what you do, you can stay in bed all day, Ray. He said, just bring me the best young players and we'll do the rest. And you know, 30, 40 years later, it's probably still the best job description I've ever been given. So where were you based then in those early days? Uh, at Belfield. I'd, I'd, I'd spent my early job career as a, t a teacher, lecturer, and then I worked for the Football Association for three years. Uh, I bumped into Howard when I was doing a course for the FA at I.M. Marsh College out oh, yeah. in, uh, in Egberth. Egberth uh, and he brought a group of young players over from Bilbao. Anyway, this young guy comes over to him, says something in Spanish, and he didn't. Now, I'm not going to confuse everybody, and I don't want to <laughs> go down that line, but I knew a little bit of Spanish, told him what I thought the lad had said, and uh, I think he remembered me ever. <laughs> he he was it right? Well, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what I said to him, but he must, it must have made an impact, so that's how I got to know him and, uh, and come in. And my first what eight nine years were based at Belfield loved every second of it and, and you've got to remember as well that <coughs> the youth development officer's job was quite new in those days mm. it wasn't not every football club had them so you kind of learn it on the on the job I uh, did you feel under pressure yourself Ray to just give Howard a player Absolutely. Let's let let let's let's justify the role. Let's justify my position at Everton Football Club. I need to get Howard the player. And, yeah. And who was that player? Um, well, again, I didn't quite understand the, the systems. They they had the, the old associate schoolboy form then, right. 
And my first signing was a goalkeeper called James Spear, oh, yeah. who went on and made a career playing uh, playing for Accrington. Uh, and you know we've not quite made it with a goalkeeper ever. So you know perhaps it was a difficult one to start with. But I remember probably the first players that I thought were talented enough to join the first team were players like Graham Allen and John O'Connor. Yeah. Uh, who he was very highly thought of, John O'Connor. Wasn't yeah, he? and and we did very well in persuading him to come to Everton rather than stay in the northeast. Graham Allen was another one. Uh, Joe Royal won't thank me for this, but we actually stole him from the noses of Oldham, um, and and they were the players that that I think we then started looking at standard that was was involved they came through and then there was I remember when uh, Colin started to get involved around uh, 1996 7 we had a fantastic batch that mm. went on to win the youth cup and yeah. you know I think we'd only won it twice before um, but it was probably the pinnacle of my career in terms of, of actually achieving something. And mm. um, Colin and I were a good partnership. I mean, the kids absolutely idolised him yeah. in terms of his coaching and all the rest of it. And I was probably the one that put my arm around people, you yeah, know, and he, yeah. <laughs> otherwise we'd have lost them all. Uh, he always wanted the it, highest it, of standards, Colin. Well, and, and you know... I used to get some of the players coming to me saying, Ray doesn't fancy me. And I said, it's the opposite. You know, it's it's Colin will push you yeah. when he knows there's something there. And then later on it was, Colin called him the kid uh, when Rooney arrived. And I suppose, you know, to answer your question, the, the players of, of, we've been fortunate at Everton, we're not fortunate, we've worked at it, where there has been a, a terrific development program that's existed and existed before me but we kind of added to it I think mm. Colin and myself uh, and and we aim to get at least one player from the youth program into the first team every year so you know it, it's funny the way it changed we were just happy to get one in yeah. that we expected one at least every year. I always speak about players who get to the fringes of the Everton first team set up, don't quite make it but go on to forge a career elsewhere and I know you take an awful lot of pride from the fact that from that 1998 FA Youth Cup winning team they all got good careers each yeah. and every one of them did really really well some of them at lower league level, obviously Aussie and Hibbo in the Premier League but you must take a lot of personal satisfaction from that Ray. Yeah um, not everybody's going to come through and play in the first mm. team, it's just you know, it's an impossibility um, Although, you know, I had a dream that we'd have 11 Evertonians all playing for us all yeah. born with him, which we got close to once or twice, and then we had five or six. But um, the, the satisfaction not only comes from players playing, uh, not only for the first team, but in several cases playing for their countries, yeah. um, which gives you massive... But, but it, it's players like 
him. You mentioned Ibo and Ozzy, who, especially Ibo, who wasn't the standout player in the group, but to see him work so hard and come through and make a massive career. Mm. And there's a lot of, I think, what we did uh, in the youth programme, <coughs> and I'm sure it's the same now, um, the boys had a terrific ethic, mm. and those that didn't quite come through like you say, made made careers for themselves. And I've just come down from the, the coach's room and Keith Southern's just walked in. Yeah. He was followed by Philip Jevons, yeah. you know, and, and Paul Tate, who all made great careers outside of, you know, uh, Everton, but have now come back and returned as coaches. Mm. Uh, Makes us feel a bit old, that though, right? <laughs> well, uh, I've, I've always felt old, so it's, it's never really, it's never really bothered me. And, and as, as much as perhaps you won't thank me for it, but I belong to a, a golf club, and I've just got just helped to get Leon Osman in the golf club as well. Oh, right. so, he's, so, so there's he can't so get rid of me. I so mean, I've been with him since. So he said the first thing he said to me when he got in, he said, "I've been trying to get rid of you for since I was 11, <laughs> and I still can't." <laughs> it's impossible to to look at a player when he's 11, 12, 13, 14 and say he's going to make it. But did you get that feeling when you first saw Wayne? Before that. Really? And the year before that, um, when I first saw him, and it was Bob Pendleton asked me to go up to um, the LBA grounds in Fazakley, and he was playing for Copple House, and it was like a who's who of scouts there, and yeah. you know people from Arsenal, and and this was he was eight years of age then, but I saw him do something that you know, even at, at that age you, you think oh, I've seen that before. He actually scored a goal, ran into the net, picked the ball up, ran to the centre circle and put it down. <laughs> now that sounds quite, but you wouldn't think of an no, eight year, no. he couldn't wait to get the game going again. Yeah, uh, and then, you know, I saw things when he actually signed for us, um, instances where you just thought, that's, I've never seen that before. And, and dare I say, probably never saw it since mm. in terms of, but I, I remember as well um, one night when he was 14 and we played, at, um, we played in the Youth Cup against Tottenham and that was the night that I think not only did we realise but yeah. everybody in the country realised how good he was. Yeah. He scored the two goals that got us into, uh, into the final. The cat was out of the bag that night, wasn't it? I remember yeah. I was sitting in the stands at... Um, White Hart Lane, and we still speak about it now, myself and a, a, a journalist, broadsheet journalist called Gary Jacob, and he said, is anybody for me to look out for? And I just said, just keep an eye on the 10. You know, we think he's got half a chance. And that was when Wayne hit the free kick into the wall, came back on his thigh, volleyed into the top corner. And, and Gary Jacob, who'd, who'd, who'd seen it all, couldn't believe his eyes. And, and the cat was out the bag then, but it was a question of just sort of tempering expectation, wasn't it? Walter Smith, for example, wouldn't let us go overboard in the programme if Wayne scored a hat-trick for the 18s and he was quite right to do that yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. Um, interesting anecdote, I was over in the States a year or so ago and I was telling that story about the wall and this guy put his hand up at the back of the room, he said I was the guy he hit. No he was way. a guy from Northern Ireland who was in the war, was coaching in America. So wow. we had a, a couple of drinks. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, 
But I, I, I think then that um, I actually thought I'd lost my job that evening in White Hart mm. Lane because I sat with the chairman and Mr. Tamlin in, uh, in the director's box and we were the aisle away from David Pleat and Glenn Hoddle, who was the manager. Mm. And when Wayne scored the goal, I jumped up, like fist <laughs> pumped, you know, <laughs> right up in the air. The same when the second one went in. Uh, and I got some kind of... Uh, Rebuke. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, some looks that you're not expecting to get, but I <laughs> forgot where I was. Uh, and... Anyway, la later on, I was asked to go up to the uh, the boardroom, and the chairman, I thought was to get me P45. Yeah. The chairman said that Tottenham had just made a bid for him. Wow! On that night, yeah. I said, oh, don't let him go. Something that's always interested me, Ray, and, and I've spoken to many coaches about it. You touched on it earlier in our conversation. The word goalkeeper. The last Merseyside-born goalkeeper to play for the first team was Andy Rankin. Yeah. 1971. Mm -hmm. Why don't why don't scouts kids want to play in goal? Because you must have you must have I employed talent spotters, goalkeeping coaches. You know, it's, yeah. through, it's through certainly through no lack of effort on our part, but we just don't want to play in goal. We had one or two got very close, uh, but it, if I could. It's the same at Liverpool as well. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that they maybe um, the young boy Warner, who, yeah. who, who I think he played once or twice. In Liverpool, but, but I really don't know what the answer to that is, other than um, unlike other positions, the only way I've kind of squared it off is uh, unlike other positions, you get a goalkeeper comes into your squad at... 25, 26, goes into the first team. He's got 10 years. So yeah. a, a, young go, a young boy who's 18, 19, with aspirations of playing in the first team mm. probably doesn't get his chance then. He's missed it. Yeah. Uh, and I hope I haven't put my foot in it because Jordan Pickford's only 21. Yeah. <laughs> <isn't he>? so, <laughs> so if, he looks the if part, though, doesn't he? He does, yeah. So I hope, I hope the youth programme don't get all the parents coming in next week and say, Ray Hall said, my lad's <laughs> not got any chance for the next 14 years. I don't mean that. I suppose somewhere along the line, uh, why should Everton develop a Jordan Pickford? Mm. He might be the inspiration, might Yes. He? Ray, as always, and you and I go back a long way, it's been a pleasure to be in your company. Thanks for joining my us on the official Everton podcast. That was uh, Ray Hall, our former academy director, still very much involved with Everton Football Club. Thank you very much indeed for listening. <laughs>